Because when I was looking at these, there are some, uh, some statements the Lord ref- reflected my mind to. So he was created perfect. When you look at the devil now, they always show his image with ugly stuff. Isn't it? Because he's no more Lucifer, he's now the devil. Number two. The one called the devil today was Lucifer. Was created as Lucifer. A guardian cherub. Ezekiel 28 verse 14. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. So I ordained you. I want to underline the word ordination. You were on the holy mount of God and walked among the fairy stone. But we all recognize that he desecrated himself and he lost his place. Can I just help you know this? This is what the Lord told me. I, you know, it reflected my mind. Do you know that anointing cannot deliver you from Satan? That is your ordination. It doesn't deliver from Satan. Oh, I am very anointed. Satan was anointed. He was anointed. The reason why you have seen many anointed men and women of God fell by the roadside. Because the anointing is not for that. Anointing, I taught you this from the anniversary. It is just enablement to make you function in the, in the capacity God has given you. But to stand in God and not be defeated, you may not be as anointed as others because anointing does not stand for you. To stand in God and overcome Satan is your decision. Is your decision. So I'm so sorry and I'm so much sorry for those people who because they saw an anointed man fell in adultery, they begin to, to, to use him as a standard of Christ. And then they walk away from faith. Or they indulge in all manners of things. You will roast in fire if that is you. I'm talking to the whole world now. <laughs> On the day of judgment, God will tell you that I did not give you anointed man to serve. You know, I was I told you one day that Jesus appeared to me and he was talking to when he was when he visited me in 1999. He was showing me the calendar of this world until we got to 2015. 20, 20, 20, 20, and then he was talking and he was you know, shuffle. Suddenly his face changed. I was scared. I don't expect the Lord's face to look like that. His face changed instantly. He was looks he looked so fierce, so angry. And he was walking away, he was telling me, I am coming soon and my reward is with me. I was listening to one of my friends who's a prophet. He was giving a testimony of one day that his own protege, one of his assistants, died. And then the Lord said, let me, the Lord took him to heaven to come and see that his assistant. When he got to heaven, he said, he, he, when the protege stood before the Lord Jesus, he said the face that he saw on Christ, he'd never seen it. He said he was terrified. He was afraid. He said that face has no expression, no love, nothing. He sits as a judge. And they brought the book of his prodigy. So, when they began to read about him, I know this is not what he knew on earth too. Some of the things he knew, some of the things he, most of the things he doesn't know. Because 
The Spirit of God is with you and I in our privacy. He knows our thinking every minute. He knows our actions all the time. And they are recorded. He said in the presence of him, everybody who was there was just so calm. Nobody knows what Jesus is saying about this man. And he began to be very afraid. And then the Lord Jesus said, mercy. And he says, change. So he was saying it that the countenance of Jesus in judgment is scary and dreadful. I could relate with it because I've seen that countenance. This is a part of God that many do not understand. So for Lucifer, he was anointed. But anointing did not make him not to fall. It was a perfect model of perfection and wisdom. Perfect in beauty. But yet, he became ugly. That's what he says. He was anointed guardian cherub. And so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God and walked among the fairy stones. You read it now when I, when I read to you that he was chained and thrown in fire. The fire that he walked in the midst of it is, is greater fire than hell. But he was not born because God appointed him. So stand in the altar. There is no privilege any being can have beyond that apart from salvation in Christ. It makes us sons of God. Angels who knew Lucifer, you know, they have holy envy. Is he envy or jealous envy? They are very envy or jealous of him. I think jealous is better to use. Envy is malicious, isn't it? Is that correct? So jealous, you can be jealous of somebody without being malicious. You know, let me say, they will have coveted his position. In beauty, nobody like him. In glory, nobody like him. When you look at the presence of God, you cannot see God. You see the blinding light. You look at Lucifer, he was just so much plenty. Any angel cannot compare themselves with him. In splendor. That's what the Bible says. You walked among the fiery stones. And then in verse 15, it says, Lucifer was blameless in all his ways. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. So there is a turnaround there. He was blameless until wickedness was found. Verse 17 says, Your heart was proud, became proud on account of your beauty, and your, you corrupt your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you down. Can I say this to you, especially those of us who are ministers? Do not let the office God has ordained you make you feel you are different from members. Am I talking to you? I said it in the leaders' meeting last Saturday. You see, what you demand from members is what you must give. Because God will judge you as a saint. And when we take decisions on earth, God didn't take decisions, we took decisions because we felt that that would be reasonable for us. Now, if some people are compelled by themselves, not by law, they felt compelled to observe that decision. Nobody in that church, when God will judge you for that day, you will, nobody will be justified for not 
conforming with that decision. I give you as simple as this. We have to start service. Leaders have to be there an hour before. So if the workers are here by that time, what is your excuse before the Lord? It's your excuse. Oh, I'm working, I'm working. Are they not working too? Are they not working too? Really, some of them have more work than some of us. Unless somebody whose work, by virtue of his work, he closed at work, and because his work is very, uh, the time of closing is very near to the time of service, he came with that work uniform and comes into the church. To God, that one is correct. But somebody who says that, oh, if, if, now, I'm late, I will have to go home first and change, and then come in and work in at any time. And especially when the service is going on, and you walk in, huh? you judge yourself. Can God mark you the same way we mark these people? Or some people who just got engaged in talking, 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 useless stuff, till you are late. Because you are not conscious of God. You are not conscious of Him. That's it. How many of you who do two jobs will know that you are finishing first job at five. The second job starts at six. What happens to you? You will be rushing to that second job. Not to be late. How can you treat God different and say you honor him? I told you this before. We have this is a special meeting. Alright? And somebody said, oh, I can't come because I was sick. Uh-uh. You asked me. Some people were healed yesterday. They were healed of their sicknesses yesterday. If somebody is sick and God calls you to a meeting, where should you go for? I'm not talking about a meeting where they tell you two stories. I'm talking about the place where God of what power of God manifests. And people are healed. Those who joined us from far away on the television, on the on this social media, are getting healed. Can somebody in the house say, My sickness, oh, because of my sickness, I cannot come? Just think about it. The first thing is that you deny God that he can heal you. And I've given you testimony again and again. I was, I was ill sometime. I had um, flu, terrible flu. But what happened is, every time, the first day I came in, I prayed the gospel. My body was heating so hot that my wife could not even come close to me on the bed. We have to distance. I was boiling head was aching. I ignored it and I came and preached. The first day as I get up, I will sit down throughout this worship. I couldn't stand up. But when it's time for preaching, I come and preach. Pray about sicknesses and, 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 and command. And people are healed. Second day, third day. On the third day when I commanded sickness to vanish, something like a blanket was pulled out of my body. Within seconds, the whole of my body was pouring water in the winter. That was I was here. If I think that, oh, let me stay at home. What am I saying? Jesus is not the healer. I don't really understand who Jesus is. You remember the testimony of the woman on, on, the woman on Friday who said she had the pressure on the, on the face, this heavy pain, but she wanted to sleep. 
But she said, no, let me join the prayer line. She joined the prayer line. Because of the terrible pain that she's experiencing, she put her hand on her head. And the moment she put her hand on her head, from far away, the God that saw her hand told me to put my hand on my head. And I did the same thing exactly as he did. Then the word of knowledge came. You that pressure on that head. Healed in the name of Jesus, everything vanished on the spot. If she had stayed at, on the bed and slept, do you know whether that would be the last sleep? Do you know what Satan sent that thing to do? Many lost it like that. Let me tell you this. Satan was anointed to He was highly placed by God. He was ordained by God. But the Bible says in verse 17, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you out. A number of people who are called by God, ordained by God to use by God, God threw them out. And look for somebody else who does not even defeat and put the unction on them and the work is done. You know, God said to Moses, I will destroy these people and I will make other people from stones. It's Moses who, who, who pleaded for Israel or God will have done that that day. When Balaam became corrupted, the Spirit of God rested on a donkey and he spoke in human language. So who are we? Who are we? Don't let the anointing God gave you corrupt your mind. It does not matter. It may be that you are a director in your office, but you are, or you are even some senior manager, they exploit other people under them. That shouldn't be, but it does happen. A small manager is, is bragging all the junior ones. A Christian should not do things like that. Your position by God, your wealth that God has given you, your intelligence that God has given you, must not become your pride. Because God raises up and he pulls down. Pride destroyed Lucifer. Then it says, by your many sins on this one street, you have desecrated your sanctuary. Uh, so I made fire come out of you and it consumes you. I reduce you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who are watching. This is the destiny of Lucifer. And the end of him, he says, in verse 19, all the nations who knew you are part of you. As in that chapter 20 that I read to you of Revelations, you have come to a horrible end and will be no more. Don't forget, how did the devil become, how did Lucifer become the devil? Because of pride. Don't forget it. Pride was the gateway to many other sins that entered Lucifer. When pride came into him and he became puffed up of himself, he said in the book of Isaiah 14, 13, 
He said in his heart, I will ascend to heaven. When pride came into him, as Ezekiel reflected, I will raise my throne above all the stars of God. Because he walks among the fairy pillar, another angels look at him. He's the only one who had that privilege. And he walked in the midst of the fairy pillars. And the fire will hurt him. And when he walks in the midst of the fairy pillars, the other angels look at him, they behold his beauty. They behold, you know, his magnificence. They behold his wisdom. When he comes out of the fairy pillar and they are talking together with angels, when, when Lucifer speaks, his wisdom is outstanding to everybody. God did not give any angel that but Lucifer. No wonder, after some time, he was almost worshipped. If he was on earth, they'd be worshipping him. You understand? But you know, the only angels of God are holy. Why they can appreciate and they can respect, there's a great respect in heaven. People don't break ranks in heaven. I would mean that everything is order. They respect him so much. They admire. Yeah, the word I was looking for the other time was admire. <laughs> rather, than, rather than jealous of him. They admire Satan very much. Not jealous of him or envious. They, were, they admire Satan every, so, so much. He's so admirable. And he will walk like that. And he began to notice those admiration of people. And he sets pride in him. Now, he's not equal to these people, by the way. I'm the only one who can walk in the fairy furnace, uh, the pillars of God. I'm the only one who looks so much like this. No other angel looks like me. I'm the wisest among them. And that entered his head. Then he said, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. On the uttermost height of the sacred mountain. That is... I told you that it's in the northern hemisphere where God calls his assembly. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds and I will make myself like the Most High. This tells us the description of where the Most High enthrones himself when he calls his assembly. So Satan thought that there's nothing more. Even ignore all the elders in heaven. Ignore all the beasts in heaven. Now, what a privilege I have got. So when he did that, something now took place. That is Revelation chapter 12. That is the beginning of his dilemma. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. So when Satan said, I will, I will, I will, Michael is the head of the army. You can see the description of Michael. In the scriptures, he looked tan, muscular. He's tall, about nine foot or so, round about that height. Well built, streamed in everything. He commands confidence. When there is battle and Michael comes, he can walk in the midst of bullets. He has nothing to fear because that is how God created him. So in his position, he's an archangel. Like, like Lucifer was an archangel. Lucifer controls the choir. But he controls the army of heaven. So when Lucifer said, I will make myself like the most high God. Come on now. Michael recognized that this is no more 
intention. This is normal intention. He is the one in charge of order. And said, you, that is out of order. Lucifer, you cannot. You are an angel like other angels. You are not different from everybody. All right? And then, when I read the scripture that you discover, by that time, Lucifer had campaigned in heaven to some other angels. And he had convinced one third of the angel. Go and read from verse 1 to verse 6. I don't want to talk about that today. And those one third of angels have been hailing him, like political campaign, in heaven. And God was in the utmost height. Because that level they are talking is far from the utmost height where God calls them once a while to come. No one dwells with God in his utmost height. The thrones of the elders are higher than the plane they were talking about. They were around the throne of God in the utmost high. And while he was blabbing and boasting, God had nothing to fear because he had nothing to worry about, rather, because he has ordained order in heaven. And so it was Michael who drew the battle line, not Satan. Not Lucifer. It was still called Lucifer. Michael drew the battle line for battle. That before you go to God, you will first overcome us here. And the fight began. When the fight began, look at the scripture. He said, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. Now listen. A principle was established in this place. Christians need to know this. If the devil mess around you, or is messing up where you are, the onus is on you to start the battle. If you don't start the battle, you'll be fighting a defensive war. Defensive war can never be fought without casualties. Severe casualties. Are you with me now? Those of you who don't know about war, because in your lifetime you haven't seen war. You see Ukraine now. What is happening in Ukraine is just, Ukraine is fighting defensive war. All right? All the weapons they are giving Ukraine is to, to defend themselves. But if Ukraine have offensive war, that when the bomb hit uh, uh, Ukraine, one bomb landed in Ukraine, and ten bombs replied back into Russia, this, this war will change. This war will change. Are you with me now? That Russia did not know that they are so much equipped like that. The moment they bombed them, before Russia say we have bombed, ten, ten rockets have landed in Moscow, blowing up everywhere in Moscow. The Russians who are deceived will change their mind. Are you with me now? So, when devil mess around Christians, if you are one of those who say to God, why me, why me? Satan will mess you up. When we go further in the week, we recognize heaven will come to the help of those who stand firm to resist the devil. Oh, I'm weak. I'm weak. There's something on television during last week, which I have so much pity and compassion about. Somebody in the parliament was said that he was watching pornography. And the man came out to say that, yes, I did. But he said a statement that Christians should be careful about. He said, I did. But then I left. But I don't know what made me go back to it. When he said that, I began to pray for him. 
Because we understand is the spirit of hell. When a man says that I did something, I don't want to do it, but I did it. There is a spirit behind it. What that spirit is seeking is to humiliate that man and take him out of his office. And he succeeded. He has to resign himself. But the man can get help through Jesus. How many ministers of God are involved in sexual perversion? Until it is exposed. And then they will be relegated. How many Christians currently are being manipulated by Satan? Look at the abortion law they are talking about in America. How can a man in his senses legalize abortion? Knowing that it is mother. They won't say they didn't know his mother. Arguing around the, the, the time when it becomes soul or it doesn't become spirit. They have, they are, none of them have knowledge of what they are saying. The moment it is formed, there is a spirit sense. That's why it formed. The day it formed. That's why not every sexual intercourse give birth to fetus. The day that fetus is formed, that is the day the spirit is sent into it. Any extermination of it is sending the spirit back. Common sense. But that is the devil for you. That is the devil for you. When you are in the world, Satan can mess you up. He can do whatever he likes. But now that you are in Christ, you must understand. To win the battle, you have to draw the battle line first. You have to say no. You have to recognize that this is not God. Even some, there are some Christians who, they will be messing them up. They will say that, well, uh, Job went through. Are you Job? No, 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 I can understand. Have you ever read two Jobs in the Bible? Or two human beings who went through the same testing of Job? It cannot be. Because it's only Job that that happened to. You have never read again that and somebody and, and God, the children of God were gathered and Satan went there. And then God said, look at my servant and mentioned another name. It's only to Job. And it's never happened before Job. And it cannot happen again after Job. You have to draw battle line. Satan mess around you. Don't, don't ask questions from God. That why me? Why not you? It's you already. Draw a battle line. The first thing you do is to tell the Lord to forgive you all your sins. When he tells Jesus how should we pray, he said you, you start praying by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done not as in heaven. Give us this daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Come on. Some people even when Satan, Satan attack you like that. Some of you are saying that, I am I, just before God. You are looking at the works you are doing. You don't look at your hidden sins. Instead of you to ask for the blood of cleansing, to cleanse you first, and then draw the line. Draw the line. I will, I will talk about the weapons as we end this meeting. Draw the line. Warfare has started. You don't have to be called intercessors. Every Christian is an intercessor, as far as the Bible is concerned. So the philosophy of some people are intercessors, some are intercessors. That's not true. It's nowhere in the Bible. It is nowhere in the Bible. Everybody Jesus said we should pray. He said, uh, 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 there was one in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the devil dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought against him. You see the word dragon mentioned for the first time. All right? And then he says, but he was not strong enough. Satan cannot be strong enough to overpower a Christian. The, simple, the least of Christians, the whole demons of hell, they don't have power to overcome the, 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 a Christian who just got born again now. Baby Christian, I'm saying. The victory is in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. 
But you see, when you say somebody is a Christian, it's somebody who has turned away from the world and turned to God. Not jamborees. Some jamboree Christian in church. After saying that, Lord, I, I give my life to you and you weep before the altar, the next thing you go and you go to your friends who are similar partners again. There's no salvation. <laughs> That's no salvation. Look at, look at, look at, look at. Let, let's quickly look at Ephesians chapter 2. Let me read this to you. Verse 1 to verse 3. It says in Ephesians 2, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to walk when you lived, when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. So when we were not born again, he was our controller. He was our controller, isn't it? And we follow his dictation. He dictates to us. He manipulates us. Even sometimes he will so oppress us that we can't deliver ourselves. We will just fall like chicken. And he did whatever he liked with us. But then he says, the, the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Look at the next verse. We, all of us, lived among them at one time, that is our time, gratifying the cravings of the sinful nature. You live there doing what sinful nature wants. If your, if your body wants you to sleep with ten men, you will not be okay until you sleep with ten men as a woman. You drop one man today, you go to another man. You meet a man on the street, you go home and sleep with them and commit sexual immorality. That was what you did. Similarly, you man, Every woman that you see, you are seduced by them. Even those who don't make up. You are so abused by demons that seduction has controlled your life. Some Christians say that Christians can masturbate. That is not a sin. I had it, one of the ministers came to ask me the question. They went to a conference in America and they said that, you know, what about, um, uh, you know, masturbation? Uh, I don't say where I I don't want to talk about that because uh, you know people have different views. God 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 help you. People have which views, which views. A minister of God don't talk people's views. I wonder why they allowed that minister to speak a word. If I was so, and you are a minister invited, I would take my microphone and say, sit down here and hear the word of God. You are not supposed to be a minister of God. People have views. Views. What do you mean by views? Loss is a sin, sexual sin. As a man, you cannot be justified that you lost after a woman because the woman looks somehow. Or the woman opened her nakedness. Let them open, let them walk on the streets of London without pants. As a child of God, that should not rouse you up at all. If you have issues with that, you need to break the yoke of Satan over your life. The Bible says it. Craven and say everything that is sinful nature following the desires and thoughts the desires and the thoughts that's where the devil works like the rest we were by nature object of wrath so which means if a christian still go into that region you die there you are object of wrath you can't be in paradise it's not possible it's not been you can it's not possible that is the work of Lucifer. Seal, lie, pajor, backbite, assassinate people's character. I will read something to you in closing tonight. 
which I want to keep in your heart. You see, because, but because of his great love, I wanted to stop at three, but let me read that. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in his mercy, then go to verse 5, made you alive with Christ, even where you were dead in transgression, it is by grace that you have been saved. Listen to me. Go back to my revelations and let's finish that. So, Lucifer was now addressed the dragon. He fought back. But he was not strong enough. Verse 8. The Lord, they are placed in heaven. Not only him. All demons that follow him. All angels that followed him lost their place. There is a doctrine that says that uh, demons are different from angels. Do you recognize that they are liars who say that? I've, they've written so many books that demons are different from angels. I don't know whether it is in their village. Somebody was given back to demons there. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, you know, all these people just come up with all nonsense. And everyone will give account to their word when it comes to God. When God says something and you went to present something else, you will say it before him. And those ministers who do that should know it. All the angels who follow Satan lost their place in heaven. So when they lost their place in heaven with Satan, then he says, verse 9, the great dragon was hauled down. So all the beauty he had vanished. All the splendor he had vanished. The anointing dry up. <laughs> it's in Africa, you know. People, when they pray, sometimes they, even when they, pray, they pray for me. They say, Papa, your anointing will never dry up. I say, I can't say amen to such. Because if I don't do what Satan did, anointing cannot dry Holy Ghost does not give anointing and take it. He's very, very repentant. But if you desecrate your sanctuary, the anointing will leave. Because anointing cannot do evil. It is holy. Remember, you have received the holy anointing. It cannot do evil. But the one who carries anointing can do evil from Lucifer. By his decision. Pride. Just simple pride. He made the man lose everything. All right? He said, that great dragon was hauled down. The ancient serpent, you remember, we read it in, in a, a, a Ezekiel, that he was in the Garden of Eden. Yes? Call the devil. I love that. Call the devil or Satan. So the devil or Satan is a name that was given to him by his conduct. But he was created as Lucifer, the most beautiful angel. That is how the title of Christians change when they allow Satan to rule their lives. Everything will begin to fall apart by the devil. All privileges will begin to go and vanish. But you see, if you are one of them, there is still a way for you. Because you can repent and be restored back to God. You can decide to stop doing wicked works. It's your decision. God cannot help you unless you first take the step to, 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 to stop it. If somebody who is a chain smoker, you said, I don't want to smoke anymore. And then you have some packets of cigarettes in your house. You left them. You don't want to smoke anymore, but you left the packet of cigarettes. The one you were smoking at the time of repentance, you threw it away. So don't you understand? 
that it is because in your heart of hearts, you have not really decided to stop smoking. Because you let them, because you still have something subconsciously telling you that. We'll be, just go and finish the one that you kept. And when you go back to it, the spring will enter into you again. And then you'll be worse than what you used to be. And the same thing applies to every conduct that Satan manipulates human mind to do. Look what it says here. Serpent and the devil of Satan, who led the whole world astray. He was hauled to the earth and his angels with him. Underline the word, who led the whole world astray. And when we come in, I will, I will help you to know some, some, you know, where I've been teaching you about some scriptures. Let me give you this. Satan led the whole world astray. That's what deception, isn't it? Is that not deception? Now, so, number one, it says he leads the whole world astray. Come on, correct? So it means that if you are not in the world, you can never be led by Satan. Do you agree with that? If you don't walk in the world, you can never be led by Satan. But if a Christian steps out to the world system, Satan takes control. He controls the, the world system. So anybody who comes under his world system, no matter how anointed you are, anointing will leave, it will depart from you, it will stay in the kingdom of God, and you are alone. You are alone, ordinary man. That is why ministers of glory put by sexual morality before. When God has used somebody and everybody is shouting your name and everybody is coming to you to pray for them and God is manifesting, he's using them in miracle, people are getting healed, you are prophesying like what will happen tomorrow and it happened. If somebody experienced that, how can he? And he has his wife. How can, what is he looking for in a woman who will crush his life and crush his destiny we are not here tomorrow i think on sunday i will show you that in the bible it is because he left the kingdom and went into the ways of this world okay anointing will not speak for you if you go to the ways of satan he can't he can't He leads the whole world astray. He was hauled out from heaven to the earth. You have to haul the devil out of your life. It says, and his angels with him, and every demon of hell. How did they achieve this? Look at verse 10, and then we go to verse 11, 12. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. Why? Shall we read it together? For the accuser of our brothers, who accused them before God day and night, has been hauled down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan cannot bear the title you did not give him. Satan cannot take what you did not allow him to take. You have the name of Jesus to deal with the devil. So, verse 11 now. Shall we read together? They overcame him.
Excuse me. I told you, the Lord made it plain to us. Three weapons. The blood of Jesus, the word of their testimony, and boldness. The blood of Jesus, the word of their testimony, and boldness. Somebody say the blood of Jesus. So something happened to your boldness then. Isn't it? Isn't it? Say it again. The blood of Jesus. I can't. I can't. I can't get that. Say the blood of Jesus. When you say that, is something not changing within you? Something changed within you. Look. If something was scratching your house in the midnight, what could possibly happen? Fear. Because you are a man. You have adrenaline. The doctor said that he's the one responsible for fear, isn't he? Hey, doctor. No, be so. Okay, good. Thank you. So, but when the fear comes, what first comes out of your mouth is what is what, what matters. Some people fear will come and say, Jesus. Isn't it? So, when you say Jesus, what happened? The fear vanished. You can fear because you're a man. But when the fear hits you and you say, Jesus, even in your dream, what happened? Victory come. If you say, the blood of Jesus, what happened? State atmosphere changes. It changes. Look, if when you have a strike of the devil and you call your husband's name, you will discover that you continue in the fear. Or you call your wife's name, you continue in the fear. If you call the name of your father, if you call Apostle Williams, you continue in the fear. Because I don't even know. Maybe I myself am in the battle. <laughs> I'm in my own battle. You are fighting in the dream. And you say, Apostle Williams, I will not answer you because I myself am calling who? Jesus. You know what Jesus does? For the blood of Jesus? When you say the blood of Jesus, every demon fall. Because they overcame them at the beginning by the blood of Jesus. Somebody, a minister said to me that we don't have to plead the blood of Jesus. I said, what do you have to plead? I said, number one, you don't understand the word plead. <laughs> Isn't it lawyers? So plead. You say you don't plead the blood of Jesus? What will you plead? I won't tell you the end of that man. It was disastrous. Very anointed man of God. John. Finish. Say that finish him. He cannot plead the blood of Jesus. When the Bible says, the first battle in heaven, the victory came when the, when the angels said, wow, there is the lamb that was slain. I can imagine devil coming with all his venoms. Thinking that the battle is going to be with some power of the angels. But with Michael in the front of the angels for battle, he is the one that God gave the secret to. Because he is the head of warriors. I wonder, maybe, but I don't think so, that the angels behind Michael, they are so bold. Do they know what will be the end of the matter? They don't know. But they, are, they have trust in the God who ordained them as angels. And they have confidence in the one who is the archangel. And when they came to the battlefield, 
The archangel said, the blood, everybody, the blood of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven has assaulted. They have boldness that, who are you, devil? You know, they have been admiring him in the splendor of his. Because he's the, he's the wisest, the wisdom by which he campaigned. Some one third of the angels, they have billions of billions of trillions of trillions. Those angels who are in his infantry. Who are the one third in heaven? Is Satan by his wisdom that God gave him, he was able to deceive one third of angels. That's why Christians be very, very careful because the devil may not come the way you think it. That's why the Bible said, be alert, isn't it? Be alert, isn't it? We look at that on Sunday. The weapons overcome the power of Satan. But for tonight, the blood of Jesus, the word of your mouth. So, when fear enters you, and you call the blood of Jesus, what should follow thereafter is prophetic declaration. Not talk about what is happening, but what that thing should become. Say to the mountain, be removed, it shall be removed. Alright? Men of faith call things that are not as if they are. Calling what God is saying into manifestation, and this day that which the devil is doing, overthrow the line of the wise. And the counsel of the wicked one, by making declaration of what heaven is saying. And if you can stand by that in boldness, what you are saying will be the end of the matter. The end of the matter shall be better for you. You must not forget it. Let me tell you this. What causes fear is the fear of death. Isn't it? That's just what causes fear. Oh, we are afraid of death. I'm afraid they will harm me. I'm afraid of the danger. (laughs) But when you are fighting with the devil, understand that you are fighting with somebody who has been defeated. Are you with me now? He had wisdom, but now he had trickery. He has no more wisdom. Because he desecrated his sanctuary. So the wisdom God gave him before is gone. It's gone. That's the reason why Satan... When Satan points towards anyone, he can only guess and try. He guessed this today, try you on that. If he didn't catch you, he backs off. He guessed again, try you on this. If he didn't catch you, he backs off. All right? And he'll be looking for something he can trap you with. The moment he gets what he can trap you with, he opens the door for other demons to come in. They will rush in. But you know something with Jesus <laughs> and the angels of God? When they are rushing in, the Lord will leave them. He won't tell them not to. Because you need to learn a lesson for opening door to the devil, and then you suffer a little while by them, isn't it? Come on now, isn't it? Oh, it happened to me. What about you? Look, 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 excuse me. How many of you have never taken a decision that you regretted that you shouldn't have taken it before? Raise your hand. Since you were born. No. You must have taken decisions in life that you regretted. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I rephrase my English. There is none of us here who had never taken decisions in life that we regretted. Even talking to people sometimes, you speak to them in anger. You leave there and say, oh, I wish I would not do this. Am I correct now? If when you are old you didn't do this, when you were young you have lied before. Is anyone here who never lied before? Oh, somebody, you took a suite. <laughs> put it at the back. You put it at the back. You put it at the back. 
Yeah? What are you eating? You know, a two-year-old boy, a girl, we met her uh, this weekend, went to do a uh, uh, ceremony. And that two-year-old girl is one of the members of CFT. So when I came in, the parents come to CFT. When I came in, and she jumped, and I carried her, you know. Mommy have not noticed her in church. So, I was saying that, this child knows you are a yes. He's a member of CFT. This child is a member of CFT. Two-year-old. So after playing with her, put her down, she said, running. You know, they cannot told us that. You know this child? He did, she did something wrong, and they can say, say, I'm sorry. At two. Dickens said, hello guy, say I'm sorry. I want to win. Dickens said, say I'm sorry. She said, I want to win. Dickens now carry her to the toilet. They say, we. I'm hearing you. And she couldn't win. Then Dickens said, now you didn't win. Get up and let's go. She got up. She said, he said to her now, will you now say sorry? Then she now said, I don't want to say sorry. So a two-year-old knows how to say no to sorry because she knows evil from good at two. At two. What about the children of some few months? The mother is, is feeding them. They use their, their toothless <laughs> mouth, no teeth. Um, play with the nibble, and then they, they press it. Eat the baby. And the baby cries. Then the baby will know the next time that you don't, you don't use your teeth to... We are born in sin. In sin, our mothers conceived us. But we are set free by the blood of the Lamb. Are you with me now? We are set free by the blood of the Lamb. So, therefore, a believer should not be afraid to die. You have no reason to fear. Look, when a lion is in the ticket, and suddenly he met a human being, he withdraws. Every animal will. But when a lion withdraws, and he will size up the human being, he can smell fear. He attacks. Okay? But those who tame the lions and who walk in their region know when they come, they will not be afraid. They will just walk and the lion will look at them and he will walk away. If the lion does not feel a threat from them, he cannot attack them. And I saw some Maasai, Maasai, Maasai Mara people. Just slim like they are lifeless and they had spears. They were going to hunt lions. Just a, a handful of young boys. They were going to hunt lion, and they were showing them on television. Those guys have no fear to go and hunt lion. And they knew where they can hunt the lion. They saw their, the first ever lion. They said, ah, this one is the big one. Let's follow. And they followed, they followed, they followed, until they caught that lion lying down. When the lion saw them, he took off. Because the lion still recognized that those boys will kill him. They ran after the lion. And then when the lion could not run much further, he turned towards them and they struck him straight away before he could act. 
You know, those guys, what called boldness is they have confidence in something. It is their knowledge. You have confidence in what? The blood of Jesus. You have confidence in the blood of Jesus. Satan is always looking for fear to penetrate. If you don't fear the devil, devil have nothing to do with you. If you don't succumb to his ideology, Satan have no access into you. That's why the Bible says they overcame the dragon, the devil. They overcame the serpents with the blood of Jesus, the word of their testimony, the word of God they read every day. They did not love their lives so as to shrink from death. If you have fear in your life today, it will be dealt with. In five minutes, I should be finishing. Let me read something to you. This is the origin of Satan. But I want to read something to you. You must not be afraid of the devil. Yes, let me read the scriptures to you. I talk about I talked about Sunday, we will talk about the trap of devil very much more. But if you look at this, if Satan is the one who rules the, the, the kingdom of the air, that is the world system. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, write that down, chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. I will explain that more to you. But we can agree together that God, the Bible did not say, do not conform to the world. He said to the pattern. You know, all these games they do. If I have children growing now, they will never be given games. It's a means of wasting their brain. I would rather give my children Bible and teach them mathematics and English and physics at a young age. So that they come up as genius. A child that you give games to, you are ruining the life of that child. Satan brought it. The system and pattern will look at that very well. And I will show you by evidence. First John chapter 2 verse 15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is no more in him. It's not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful nature, the loss of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, those, those, and they do come, not from the Father, but from the world. The world and his desires will pass away, as I've told you. But the man who does the will of God will live eternally, forever. James chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. You are dustless people, don't you know? This is James speaking, that friendship with the world is enmity towards God, to God, or hatred towards God. It's not because you say in your heart, I don't love God. You may say in your heart, I love God. But when you are in conformity with the world, you are already declaring hatred towards God. Because the world you see is controlled by the devil. I says, or do you think, scripture says without reason, that the spirit, he curses 
to live in us envies intensively. Look at Exodus 23:24. Do not do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. Underline the word practices. When a person is saying to you that, you know, all this making up and stuff, be very, very careful. You must be sensible in making up, or else you will discover that you are in, this, in the cobweb of the devil. When a person is spending six hours doing her air, an ordinary one hour you can't pray. And that air has become your God, you know. It is a matter of fact. You worship that hair more than God. You know? Or because your hair looks somehow, you can't go to church. Because the what you want it to look is not looking like that. He has replaced God in you. Satan gives idols to many people. God, what, you understand that. It is what God gave the devil that the, that the devil used to try to come against God. So, now, too, he uses what God has given you to turn you against God. That's just simple. That's just simple. It says, don't follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their altar, break their sacred stones and altar down. Then say, worship the Lord your God, and then the benefits that come from it. And then the last scripture is Second Corinthians chapter six, verse verse fourteen. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness what harmony is there between christ and belial what does a believer have in common with unbelievers can you imagine if you have all your friends are unbelievers friends and these are friends that you really were intimate with you do what they do you copy what they copy it's not that you're in the midst of them and your life is is distinct so much more that you are transforming them if i say let your light shine in darkness but when you now become friends of unbelievers, and that those unbelievers are still comfortable living ungodly life, even in your presence, and being your friend, you finish. It's a matter of time the devil will suck you out. I mean, I will sound this warning, because many are watching me across the globe now. You know, will a Christian marry a non-believer? The answer is so straightforward. What agreement... Is between the temple of God and idol. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Oh, I will convert him. I'm so sorry for you. Those who did it before you regretted all their lives. You cannot befriend an unbeliever and deny Satan to be your father-in-law. You know, I always say that to you. He will take dowry. <laughs> if you are the woman, you know, in India, it is the woman who paid dowry to marry a man. He will use the Indian system for you. <laughs> and if you are a man, he will use English system or African system for you. Because in, in Africa, it's the man who paid dowry. Sister will, become, he will wear African cap and take dowry from you. And it's not going to be delicious at all. It is better to listen to the word of God and save yourself the harm of the devil. Nobody who turned away from this rich world ever had a peaceful. So I'm going to stop here today. But I want you not to forget this. We're going to pray on this. First Peter 5, 8 to 10. Shall we rise up together with that? First Peter 5, 8 to 10.
What does it say? Be what? Then verse 9 says, Not everybody is reading. This is cathedral, isn't it? All right. And new cross is here, are they? All right. Now, let's read it the new cross way, if cathedral people are not reading for Shall we read it together now? Mm-hmm. Verse 10. All right. Mm. We're going to pray that scripture together now. But there's one more scripture I want to read. Look at the book of James, chapter 4, verse 12. You recognize what we are praying from Peter is very simple. We're going to pray that God should strengthen you and I to resist the devil. Give me strength, Lord, to resist them. Okay, maybe we'll do the prayers one after the other. Let's face this one and pray. Tell the Lord, strengthen me to resist the devil. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Do not allow the devil to have access to me. Go back to that first Peter. Do not allow the devil to have access to me. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord. Help me to resist the devil. Every habit that is of the devil. Lord, I cry for help. Enable me to resist them. Help me to resist the devil. That the devil will not be able to outwit me. At all costs. If you have some behavior you don't like, like anger, like rage, tell the Lord, seize in the name of Jesus. Help me to resist the devil. Help me, Lord, to resist the devil. That the devil will flee from me. Tell the Lord, grant me boldness. Boldness. To say no to the devil. Take away every fear from me. They overcame the devil by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Tell the Lord, let the blood of Jesus be in my lips every time. When I'm awake, when I'm asleep, that I can declare the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus and overcome the odds of hell. For Satan have no power over me. I've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Tell the Lord. Let your testimony be in my lips all the time. The word of truth in my lips all the time. Tell the Lord, let your word be in my belly. Let it be fire in my bone. Let it turn in my system. Let it punch out every flesh in me. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. They did not love their life so much as to see from death. Boldness, boldness, come upon your church, O oh God. The spirit of boldness come upon us, O oh God. Take away worldliness from us. Disconnect our heart from everything that is worldly. 
Some of us are stubborn. Lord, destroy stubbornness. Some of us are proud. Destroy pride. Some of us are rude. Destroy rudeness. Some of us are not humble. Lord, help our heart to be humble. Tell the Lord, every snare of the devil will destroy the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, my God. Arm me, Lord, with your power. Tell God. Arm me with your power. Tell the Lord, help me not to turn against you with the anointing you gave me. Keep me humble. Lord, Lucifer, your anointing got to his head. And he thought he was God to be worshipped. And he lost his place. Help me, Lord, that Satan will not outwit me by pride. Everything the devil has used to destroy people, they are little minor things. Tell God, the money you have given me, the house you have given me, the children you have given me, the wealth you have given me, the position you are giving me, don't let the devil use it to destroy me. Let us pray and tell God, help me to know I don't own any of those things. Father, we pray, we pray, we pray, that whatever God has given to me, Help me to use it to serve humanity. Everything God has given me, give me a heart to give it out as a sacrifice to humanity. My God and my King, destroy the power of Satan over my life, the control of hell. Anything God has given you that you cannot use to serve others, it has become an idol. Break down every altar of idol. Father, we bless your holy name. We exalt and magnify thee, O God. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. I want to pray one more prayer from this scripture. You know, some of us, there are some things that God gave us that have become idol. Anything God gave you that you cannot share with others, it's, it's God over you. Your house. There's nothing in your house that you should not invite your friends there. The Bible commands you to do that. You know, now Ukrainians are coming. Why? If you have more than two rooms, why can't you take a permit? If you have problem doing that, Satan had made that house your God. The day you die, people you don't want will enter that house. Really, it may even become a museum. And you regret why you are going to heaven. Your car, a car that you cannot stop along the way and bring in People, your members, you are driving to church, you saw them, and you cannot bring them in when they are waiting bus stop. That car, you should never have it. You should never have it. The food that you are eating, that you cannot share with your brother, that food you should never eat it. A life that you have, that you are so monopolous, that you cannot share your life with others, is my time, my time, my time, my time. One day, an end will come to that time. And God will tell you, I gave you that time not for you alone, but for you to share with others. If God share his busy time on, in heaven with us, anything you do that Jesus cannot do is from the devil. Any way you think that Jesus cannot think is from the devil. 
Are we together? And some of us have become so demonized, and we don't know it. One of the things that the Lord told me he wants to do in this period is to clean up everybody. Clean up everybody. Because what God wants to do for us is, is beyond your widest dream. Any height you are today, forget it. It's a child's play. There are higher heights and dimensions that God wants to take this church. Look, 32 years ago, this church was not like this. 30 years ago, we were not like this. Financially, we were not like this. But if God brought us like that to where we are now, what God wants to take in the next five years? I have five years project from God. I will talk to you about that. Five years. And what God will do with us, you will pinch yourself. You will, you, will, you will look at yourself and say, is it me? That's what God wants to do. But if what God has done now becomes an idol, you will hinder him. You will hinder him. We're going to pray, Lord, break every idol. Whatever idol Satan gave to me. Open my eyes to see. Destroy them. Destroy them. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. That I will not give in to the devil. I shall not serve an idol. Everything you have given to me that Satan has idolized in my life. Open my eyes to see. Open my eyes to see them. The Bible says, let the same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Tell God, let the mind of Christ in me take me over. The wealth I cannot share, don't let it come to me. The house I cannot share, don't let it come to me. The belonging I cannot share, don't let it come to me. Tell God, help me, oh God. My body, my time, my life, my wealth, to share with your people. Help me to behave as you will behave. Every behavior that Jesus will not do, flush them out of our church. Flush them out of us, oh God. Deliver us. We are bound to God. We will account to God for not doing everything Jesus will have done. Jesus said, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Tell the Lord, bless me that I may bless my enemies. Bless me to the place where I can share my goods with everybody. That what Jesus will have done, I will do. Give me the heart that rejoices in being a blessing to others. Not proud and slanging all over the place what I have. Not presenting what God has given me as a pride over others. But Lord, the more you bless me, the more I humble. The more you bless me, the more I'm humble. Lord, I pray thee, help me not to ignore those of low estates. Tell God, so that God can raise you up more and more. He gives grace to the humble. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. As much as I want us to close on time at 10 today, I want you to pray this prayer. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 12. And when I teach on that, I believe it should be on Sunday. You will have more understanding. It says, but he, but he God, gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Let me say this. The proud, all right, should not be interpreted as you classify and remove yourself from the class of proud. You know, when we say things like that, I'm not proud, but then you are. Anywhere you compare yourself with people who are less fortunate and you feel you are better, it's a function of pride. Instead of you to have compassion and pray for them too, it's pride. 
feeling deep pleasure or satisfaction as a result of one's own achievement. That's the definition of pride. One's own achievement, quality, or possession, or those of some with whom one is close, closely associated. That is pride. We could look at that, but we'll pray about it. It says, submit yourself then to God. Verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, hands and heart. You double-minded, grieve, mourn, and wail. <clears throat> Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Now watch this verse 11. Brothers, do not slander anyone. <clears throat> anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him, speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping the law, but sitting in judgment of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? You know, some people may be suffering because they are ignorant. Let me tell you, see, in, in this church, we have youth growing up. Thank God, most of the youth in this church just do what I told them about education, not wasting their time. Maybe have one or two who played with their life, okay? And then they grow a little bit older and they are suffering setback. If you say to those ones that it serves you right, this is what Bible is saying. He judged them. He judged them. So it serves you right. We warned you, you didn't listen. You judged them. I told you this on, on my meeting in, on Saturday that some people may not be privileged like other people. If anybody is unprivileged, and so because of that, it cannot function as it used to, it should function, or it used to function, don't blank them out. Don't judge them because you don't know what they are going through. You know, we all come to church and we say, praise God, amen, and we're happy. Some people just came from fire from their home, and they don't know who to talk to. Somebody passed beside you and ignored you, and you became angry for that. But he had been greeting you before. Well, one day ignore. Instead of you to go to the person and say, ah, I hope you are all right, hope everything is fine, with a clear conscience of not judging them. You have said, but he, he snubbed me. He didn't snub you. Even if you go to him and say, ah, there, I was just greeting you and you didn't. You didn't respond. And he, he snapped. Oh, so sorry. Sorry. And you walk away. And pray for that person. Rather than begin to let your mind... You know, some of us, we have a mind that can know people's hearts. You are so gifted. If you, know, if, if you are so gifted to know the people's heart, I have many questions to ask you. Who will be the next president of Nigeria? Tell me. <laughs> I love to know. <laughs> because God has not told me who that person will be. What is going to happen to Russian war? I want to know. I've been asking God about it. I have wings, but I don't know exactly. Where will this war end? Those of you who have such gifts that you can know what people are thinking, what people need, you know, that kind of thing, instead of you using it negatively, we can put it together and use it constructively to warn our government what is about to come. Those things count on the devil. That is judging other people. 
In another words, we must put ourselves in people's shoes from now. We are going to pray greatly for discernment of God. That God will give us the spirit of discernment. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, grant us the spirit of discernment. That should be no slander among us. We should not speak against our brothers. We should not judge and speak against each other. Tell the Lord, deliver us from all these things. They are the vice of the devil. They are the vice of the devil. And you know God is talking about giving grace to the humble. And then he talked about this. Jesus said to the one who accused the woman, who among you have not sinned before? Let him cast the first stone. Somebody fell, made a mistake, and they are suffering, and you are blaming them. You are not supposed to do that. You are supposed to have compassion on them. It's not a time of blaming when they have received their recompense. It's a time for restoring them. Let us ask the Lord, give me a heart of mercy. Put aside your messenger at the door of my mouth. Father, we pray thee. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying. Lord, I pray for everyone under my voice. Lucifer was anointed, highly anointed, and then he fell. Lord, I pray for everyone under my voice. Uphold us, O God, by your spiritness. Do not let any one of us fall. Lord, help our hearts to be humble before you. When Lucifer fell, certainly it must pain your heart to God. Because your ordination for him is different from what he became. And as a father, there is no one whose child becomes something else that their heart is happy. But as a God of equity and justice, you have to exercise judgment. Father, we pray. Help everyone here. Not to do things that can excommunicate us from your presence. Whatever acts or thoughts that we may have that may take us away from your presence, Father, take them away from us. Fill us with the spirit of knowledge. Fill us with the spirit of understanding. Lord, stretch out your hand and grant boldness to the weak. Stretch out your hand and destroy every fear in everyone. Your word in our lips, let it be hammer. Your word in our lips, let it be fire. Lord, give sight to us in the place that we are blind. Lead us by the unfamiliar path that we do not know. Oh, Lord our God. The Bible says that when you are in Capernaum, people came to you to hear you and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirit were killed. I command everyone troubled by evil spirit be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone under my voice tormented by Satan be free in the name of Jesus Christ. 
By the blood of Jesus, you are set free. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. My God and King, everyone have requests. This is the third day of victory night. Whatever requests that these people have, I present them before your throne. And the Lord shall respond. And from tomorrow that you are going, the Lord shall respond. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. I say the Lord shall respond. He will give you grain enough to satisfy you fully. The Lord will put you in the heart of those who matter to destiny. People who have promised good and have not delivered shall remember you. Because the Lord's covenant with Abraham remains over you, I say in this month of May, you will be a blessing. In this month of May, heaven will flood over you. Blessings of God will overwhelm you. So the place you are by you will become a blessing. Your frustration of past shall receive answer from God. Every area of your request that you have been waiting on God, I speak as a messenger of God, receive the reply. As you enter tomorrow, receive the answer. I say the grace of heaven lavish over you. As this month is a month of transformation, every veil be removed from your sight. Uh -uh. Jesus said anything we ask in his name, we shall receive. Everything you have asked, receive. Everything you have asked in the name of Jesus, receive. I call them from the heavenly realm. I call them from the heavenly realm. Begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. Begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. Begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. It is written, goodness and mercy will follow you. It is written, all these blessings will pursue you and overtake you. In the name of Jesus. Everything you are asking from heaven, according to the eternal word of God, enter into the manifestation. Enter into the manifestation. I curse you infirmity spirit. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Every infirmity, die in the name of Jesus. Sickness, be gone in the name of Jesus, Son of Nazareth. Your aspiration over your children shall be fulfilled. Your aspiration over your household shall be fulfilled. Your aspiration over your body shall be fulfilled. Your aspiration over your work and your business shall be fulfilled. The Lord will take you beyond your imagination. He will instruct and teach you in the way that you should go. The Lord will counsel and watch over you in this season. The Lord will teach you what is best for you. He will direct you in the way that you should go. Because you are praying unto the Lord your God, so will he answer you. He will show you deep hidden things. Whatever you decide on shall be made manifest. Light will shine along your path. As you have committed your plans to the Lord, God will give you success. I say the God of heaven will direct your path. In the name of the Lord, the folly of Satan will not entrap you. In the name of the Lord, the Satan of Satan will not entrap you. The Lord will give you rain in this very spirit season. Like the spring rain uh, to water your heart. The Lord will soften the ground under you. And the heaven, if it was bronze over anybody, I command your bronze heaven to bring forth rain. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your seed will grow well. In the name of Jesus, your labor will not be a fuel to fire. People who have owed you will pay back. 
And if you are in debt, God will break you out of debt. In the name of Jesus, He will fill your hand with blessing. So shall it be, and so it is. If you are sick in your body, it is written, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. You are healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For it is written, None in Zion shall say, I'm healed. You are healed in the name of Jesus. May the Lord strengthen your bones and heart. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Let me call that sister to come and give a testimony. Sister uh, uh, Edith, come and tell us what happened to you. Come and tell us very quickly. It's a very brief testimony, but it's a very powerful testimony. I'm sure that many people have been waiting that uh, I will call you. Praise the Lord, church. Um, actually, the, the situation started at least two years ago, but last year was so intense that I was admitted and uh, I was placed on drip. My hands still swell up because of the drip because I don't know what happened. So since then, I still have the same migraine. So it's constant, every day, every day. At times I don't really leave my room. Since January to February, I've never been in church, like for overcomers and um, Thanksgiving. So it really bothered me. So February I was so excited that, okay, I'm here during the convention. Then during the Thanksgiving day, I couldn't come to church, so I cried. I said, why me? Because the thing come, I couldn't go out. Dr. Jigni, we phone, pray with me. Most people know about it. So I keep on praying. I say, why me? Why this situation? And when I speak to some people, they say, oh, is this, is that. And because of your age, maybe you are in praying, whatever they say. I know that is not it, but I keep on thinking, why this migraine? Why this migraine? Some people say, oh, it's because of what you are passing through the situation. I say, mm, that is not it. God has already strengthened me before that happened. So, thank God I met Pastor Sidney. So, we are just discussing. Then, straight away, I just measured the water. Oh, Pastor, I always have migraine. They say, what? What? Have you seen Apostle? I say, oh, you know protocol. They won't allow me to see apostles. They say, what? You must see apostles. I said, okay, thank you. Then I went home. The greatest thing, because I always like to come to church on Friday to clean the church. Then I stay at home Saturday. Then waiting for Sunday if I would come to church because of the migraine. It's because it triggered every Friday. After the night prayer, then that is it. I can't sleep. I can't move, then I'll be in the dark. At times I throw off, then I go blank. I've been to the hospital. I have my appointments for November 20, 21 of November this year. So I need to go for another scan. I've done the first scan September last year. So this time, that Friday, I came to church. Just to come to clean the church because I'm preparing myself for the weekend so that 
If it happens, I will not go out. Then immediately I step into the church, look at the apostle. The apostle said, Oh, what did they say is wrong with you? I said, Ah, daddy, it's migraine. And I'm asking, Why me? Everybody knows what apostle will say. If it's not you, who will it be? Then straight away, apostle start praying. Then I, I just claim it. I go on my knee. I claim everything that apostle spoke. Then I said, Thank God. But still, you know, as a human, I cleaned the church. I went home, waiting for Saturday. Hmm, nothing. I wake up. I said, thank God. Then I called my sister, Sister Edna. I said, do you know I'm supposed to pray for me? No headache. He said, ah, no headache? I said, no headache. He said, ah, killing is that. I said, good. Sunday I was in the church. I was the most happiest person that Sunday because I'm in the church. Nothing stopped me from Thanksgiving service. Then... Here we go. On Wednesday, I went to see one of my clients. I was speaking to the lady, you know, all this with the I'm a scientist, I'm this, I don't believe in this. this. So, okay, so I came to church, I spoke to uh, that church, I said, how will you talk to these people? Because at times you try to preach to them, like kind of tell them about Christ, they tell you what they know. As a church advisor said, you can't change people. You can only just tell us, okay, then I went home. So that night, I slept. For no reason, I don't know, I was just standing there. Somebody came out from the choir, gave me a mic. So, what will I do? I don't know how to sing. I can't sing because my voice, I don't want to break the mic as Pastor Fire always says. So I stand there, just here. I, I'm trying to say something, but the thing can't come out. From nowhere, Apostle just come. The way I saw Apostle that day, in that dream, I've never seen Apostle like that. I've seen Apostle, the, the first thing I joined this church, I run out because I hate crowd. I don't like, I don't stand crowd. So I was, that night, before I got to the church, the night, I dreamt, I saw Apostle in the cloud. He said, daughter, listen, this place you are, do not live here. This is where I place you. This is where all you will be asking. This is where you will get it. Then I said, this is the apostle. That was in New Cross then. So another day I saw apostle again. He said, do not worry. Just keep going. You will get what you are looking for. I really, what I'm looking for is to know God more because I know where I'm coming from. So when Apostle was praying and somebody tried to describe Apostle, the way I saw Apostle that day, then I opened my eyes. Uh-uh. Baba, he just this me. I said, ah, Baba, you know I reach like that now. Apostle was praying, praying. Like, I can't believe it. It's like everything is coming out of Apostle. Then when he finished, I said, Amen. Then I went out. Woo! I thought it's over. Then on Saturday came. I slept. I dreamed. Somebody came to me and said, Oh, please, make sure I push the thing out. Make sure that thing has to come out. Then I, I'm sleeping, but thank God I was like, I know what is going on. Said, no? Say, make sure. And there's like three people behind. Make sure that thing come out. You mustn't hold it back. We need to take it away. 
Then I said, hang on, what are you taking away? I'm not pregnant. Why do you want me to push something else? Suddenly so I come to my sister and said, oh my God, in Jesus' name, then I grasped, who are you? These people, they were like a lady, but when they are mad, then I said, oh, fuck, this is different. You know that this is not just a dream. Then I grab one of them. Then I use the nurse. I said, who are you? Who is your, uh, your messenger? In the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I was really, really aggressive. Before I know it, the first one I was saying, I can't stand. Is that wrong? The third one tried to come. Then I said, if it's you, we will die here. That's how I wake up speaking in tongues, praying, blood of Jesus. Then, then I started, when I wake up, I was still praying, but I couldn't stop. I was still praying. Then I said, Jesus, thank you. The battle is won. And your migraine is gone. It will never come back. Amen. Amen. Shall we just stretch our hands forward and let me bless you. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of our God, the God of Jacob, protect you. May God send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May the Lord remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offering from you. May God give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will all shout for joy when we are victorious and we lift up the banners in the name of our God. May the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, may he grant all the requests of your heart. And may the God of Bethel, who revealed himself to Abraham and Jacob, may he visit you in this month and reveal himself to you. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. May it be unto you according to your confession. God bless you and see you tomorrow. Please let me sit at the ushers will lead us out row by row.